Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special set of episodes for Art Drama Llama called The Llama Exclusive. We will still look beyond the galleries and dish on the art world's gossip, rivalries, and eccentricities, but we will also cover current events or interesting things that are happening in the art world right now. My name is Sianja. My name is Manchi. And I'm Vartika. And today we are going to look beyond Vermeer's painting called um, <laughs> Girl Reading a Letter at an Open Window. That sounds yes. like a poem. I realize the titles in the past were very descriptive. <laughs> they just like summed what was actually the painting. And it sounds kind of poetic. I think you're right. Um, but this painting has been in the news recently because they actually discovered a new part of the painting after restoring it. So we're going to get into that. But first, I kind of want to talk about what the painting looks like for any viewers who might not be looking at it or are just listening. Um, and so a brief description of what the painting is. It's this girl who is standing kind of in the fore center of the painting. In front of her, it looks like there's a table with a cloth on it and a pile of fruit that's been tilted over. Um, and then she's, so the girl is facing left towards an open window and she's got a letter in her hand. Um, and there's a curtain that drapes on the left, on the right side of the painting. Um, and that, that curtain actually looks like it's as if it's not part of the painting. It looks like it's part of actually our, our real world. Um, so it's a bit of a trompe d'oeil um, where it's, it's supposed to like kind of show like, oh, it's as if you were drawing back a curtain to look upon this girl. Um, and so she's reading her letter and behind her in the previous painting before the restoration, the, the wall behind her is just blank. It's just this blank beige wall. Um, and because of this, the old interpretation of the painting was that the woman was longing to extend past her domestic sphere and she was looking to go beyond the constraints of her home or society and the fruits are a symbol of extramarital relations. And they it's also thought that the artwork um, in the artwork. Go ahead. I would just say it's interesting you say that because I feel like if somebody, and by that I mean me, in my day looked at this, I would just take it as like a quiet moment yeah. in somebody's life. Yeah, that's the other um, that's the other thing people have written about this painting is that it's one of the few older paintings where it just really shows like a slice of life, right? There's just this girl who is reading her letter and she's in this room, right? And it feels very like a slice of life, you've caught her in a moment. Um, but then there's also the interpretation that she's actually reading this love letter, which is um, giving her some bad news, right? That she's, she's actually quite sad as she's reading this letter. Um, and something about like her longing for the man as she's reading the letter. Um, so it's like a very quiet slice of life painting, but also people have a feeling that the undertones of this feeling of the, of the painting is quite sad that she's actually, you know, longing for somebody or she's reading a rejection letter or something along those lines. Did the artist ever like say anything about it? Well, Vermeer is dead. <laughs> well, okay, so, but sometimes like, we'll be like, yeah, this painting inspired me because of this thing. <laughs> I mean, okay, so we'll get there because um, after the recent restoration, you know, that's when the main, the painting actually took on a whole new meaning. Um, but before we get there, yeah, before we get there, I think 
the history of the painting is also quite interesting. Um, when I was looking into it, I, there was quite a lot of stuff that happened with it. And it kind of ties into our previous episode about art and war, right? Like it, this painting was actually greatly affected by World War II. So Vermeer completed the painting in approximately 1657 to 1659. And then in 1742, Augustus III of Poland, the elector of Saxony, had purchased this painting and he thought it was actually painted by Rembrandt, not Vermeer. And then in 1826, it was actually misattributed again to Peter de Hooch. And it was not until 1860 where um, French art critic Théophile de Robourg came upon it that he recognized it as a Vermeer painting. So it's kind of crazy to me that like, for almost 200 years, over more than 200 years, people didn't know this was Vermeer. And so even then, I can imagine that people had a different interpretation of the painting because they thought it was attributed to a different artist, right? Like Rembrandt and Peter de Hooch had different art styles from Vermeer. And if you compare it with their other bodies of work, you might come to a different conclusion about what this painting is about and what it means. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. Um, and then we keep going. And the painting was actually among those rescued from destruction during the bombing of Dresden in World War II. Um, and if people don't know, Dresden was a German city that the Allies had bombed. And if you've ever read Slaughterhouse-Five, it is based on Kurt Vonnegut's, the author's experience in Dresden. Didn't, like the city get leveled? Yeah, you know, like, yeah. they lost a ton of architecture, a ton of art, um, because it was actually a pretty like it was a pretty big cultural center for Germany at the time. So yes, um, they lost a lot of stuff there. Um, but thankfully this painting remained and it was stored along with other art in a tunnel in Saxony when the Red Army, the Soviets, encountered them and had taken the paintings in. Um, and some people think the Soviets rescued it. The Soviets think they rescued it, but some other people see this as an act of plunder. Um, so, you know, there's different interpretations of everything. Um, and then after the death of Joseph Stalin, the USSR decided to return the art to Germany in 1955 uh, for the purpose of strengthening and furthering the progress of friendship between the Soviet and German people. And so in the end, you know, it was given back to the Germans and now it's well-preserved and on display in Dresden back to where it was uh, during World War II. So, during this time, the museum who actually has this painting, um, they actually went under a restoration for it because when they put the painting through x-ray, they realized there was actually something on the wall. So we had talked about this blank wall behind the girl and they scanned the painting and realized there's actually something there. So they underwent this like couple year restoration process and they actually just finished it recently. And what they actually discovered was in the back on the wall, there's a painting of a Cupid uh, behind the girl. And this Cupid, <laughs> when I saw it, I thought of those like, you know, those like nature paintings where the dude is just standing there looking super majestic. <laughs> this yeah. kind of reminds me of that. Yeah, so the, the little Cupid who looks like a tiny toddler is naked with blonde hair and he's got his left arm stretched out and his right arm next to him clutching what looks like to be a rope or possibly a snake. It's a little bit hard to tell. Um, there's a little bit of shrubbery. So he looks very majestic and he looks like he's striding into a brave new world. But after they've discovered that 
there was a painting on this blank wall, um, they actually feel like this painting has taken on a whole new meaning, right? And people used to think it was sort of mysterious and somewhat dour, but now it actually seems like it's brimming with hope, right? Because you've got Cupid in the back. So it feels like, you know, with Cupid in the back, the painting could probably be about the nature of true love. And actually maybe the letter that the girl is reading is actually a very positive one. Like maybe she's getting a love letter written to her. Somebody's pro- proclaiming their love and Ooh. her lover's proclaiming his love for her or her love for her. Um, and, you know, before, like just this one transformation, right? Adding a Cupid painting in the, on the wall of this painting has already changed the entire message and people have a new interpretation on it. So to your point, Sianja, it's, you know, the early, the early uh, owners of this painting and the early art critics didn't really interpret it based on Vermeer's, um, based on, I guess, Vermeer's real intention, but. Based on what everyone else had been thinking. Yeah. I keep seeing that reoccurring theme on anything books art movies kind of sad yeah i guess yeah. the presence well, I, of I go ahead go ahead i was gonna say the presence of the cupid and how the meaning has changed it kind of gives us like as you said manchi like a romantic feel to the painting and i feel like some of vermeer's other works also have that sort of touch um, to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And also the other thing they discovered was that within, maybe this is just kind of conspiracy theory-ish, or maybe this is actually real, but um, when they like were looking through Vermeer's widow's items that she had left and within them was a Cupid. And so people think that maybe that was something that was always very symbolic in his lifetime, something that he really gravitated towards or felt like you know represented love in his life so what if that's his wife reading his love letter it could be we don't know we don't know yeah but I think this is I thought this was interesting and also it's just a great ongoing conversation I think we all always have about what is the artist's true meaning and true intent right um and, you know, maybe before they did the restoration, somebody looked at the painting and was like, I feel you, girl. I'm also real sad. But now maybe they'll come back and look at this painting and they're like, I feel you, girl. I'm real happy, too. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's the I think that's also the beauty of art, right? Like you can have your own interpretation. You can feel like you relate or have learned something from it, even if it was not the artist's original intention behind it. That's all I have to say about the painting. Um, I just thought it was a cool, it was a cool tidbit, a cool news fact. Yeah, that's really cool that they were able to find something that contributed to the meaning in a different way. Um, unlike some of those other restorations that we've seen in the past <laughs> few years, where they like completely cha- like the, I think it was the, the face trip. of Christ, right? <laughs> completely yeah, changed. The- the lady in Spain just went up and redrew it based on what she thought it would be. Yeah, so I think the other cool part is that our technology has progressed so far that we can do a restoration and keep the integrity of the original painting while uncovering, you know, parts of it, right? I think that's very cool. Yeah. You know, and it makes me wonder, like, 
how many other paintings have something on the bottom layers that we can now peek at even if it was just like the artist's work in progress i think it'd be cool to see how they went from the original form to the final form that we know now i think it'll be very cool in the future in the coming years as we develop better technology to see these types of things yeah um, yeah santa no banter <laughs> oh no i was i was waiting for y'all to like talk but also when i was talking i realized that i was on mute and i was like i can't interject right now <laughs> I, said, I like said so much and then i was like why oh, aren't no. they reacting to me because no. <laughs> i was on mute um well i was like I, well also what i was gonna say is that with like painting and painters sometimes they'll like finish something and they'll be like i don't like it and paint over it so it yeah. could be that he just really hated that Cupid and he just painted <laughs> over it. And now they like uncovered it and his like ghost is like, no, you should have left it be. Yeah, yeah. I totally get that. I covered it up for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, but it's also kind of cool to be like, here's what he had painted originally, right? And it's kind of fun to trace the thought process. Yeah. Of where well, he went a lot of like, paintings, if you put them under an x-ray, like you'll see the stuff an artist painted over yeah i'm like ooh, maybe we should go to a museum and just put a bunch of x-rays yeah i think that's a great idea i also think it just lends to a better interpretation right because if you see their thought process and you can kind of map it with their life like maybe you can tie stuff together better right you can be like oh yeah. he painted over at this time when he got really depressed well maybe he was really depressed you know <laughs> Yeah, maybe he fought with his wife and that's why he covered up the yeah. <laughs> He's like, you know what? You're not my true love. Blah, blah, blah. And then they like worked it out. He's like, well, a while. It's too late now. Yeah. What if he instead like painted over her and just left the like, Cupid? <laughs> oh my God. What a statement. <laughs> yeah. Only love matters, but you're not my love. Wow! Oof! Oof! I wonder. That's a that's quite a burn, actually. Yeah, right. I think she dedicated like a lot of energy to this person for him to be like, you know what? <laughs> you are not the one. <laughs> Oof! No, I also I think it's funny how like um. Like with interpretations, um, like how far off they can go. Yeah. Or like how like quote unquote deep people get with their perceptions. I mean, it's like the it's like our first episode about Georgia O'Keeffe and her flower paintings, right? Yeah. Except instead of deep, they they went the opposite. <laughs> well, I think. It, um, well, yeah. Yeah. I I'm taking a class right now called Attitudes and Behaviors. And mm. the whole point of the class is that you learn about like the act of persuading. Interesting. And kind of like all the stuff that goes behind it. Um mm. and how you could and the thing about persuading is that there are attitudes and behaviors behind it. And the point is how to recognize those patterns and how to like use those to an advantage to get somebody to reach to a certain point that you like want them to get to 
anyway, the whole point being that in cl last class or last two classes, the teacher said, whatever you put out there, you like whatever your intentions were, whatever the message was that you had for it, you cannot control perception. Mm. That is, she's like, no matter how much you study somebody's behavior to get them to a certain conclusion, or no matter how much thought you put into like, you know, what you're sending out into the world, you cannot control somebody's perception. Mm. So I feel yeah, like this I painting is kind of like a testament to that. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's, yeah. Well, I mean, that's true. Like if the perception didn't change until something new was revealed about the painting, right? Like before then, it's like, no matter what you said, you wouldn't be able to convince art critics that it wasn't like a depressing sort of sadder painting but now that you actually have the cupid in the back people are like oh it's a it's a positive painting now <laughs> well also like the pictures you have for this i feel like the second one with the cupid looks more depressing because the lighting <laughs> is so like like gray like light I versus think... the first one it's all like yellow it looks like early morning yeah. or like the sun is setting i'm like this looks relaxing to me yeah i think the other um, one looks sad and a little uncomfortable like twilight yeah like but I, I think some of it might be due to maybe just like the way it was taken like the picture like the photographer yeah the photographer yeah could be could be yeah well this just in um I was looking into why Vermeer might have painted over it and academics have usually assumed that it was because he was unhappy with the composition so he painted over the room's real uh, the room's back wall um, but maybe he was really upset with his wife <laughs> okay we're gonna keep that narrative yeah could be composition could be family drama we don't know could be both could be both yeah he was like nothing in my life is right this painting isn't going right you know what let me paint over the the cupid is the one thing i have control over right now yeah exactly i want to feel a little less insane yeah exactly <laughs> well all right ramir i hope um your ghost is not disturbed by us uncovering this <laughs> yeah hopefully hopefully you uh from here wherever you are you are appreciative that people are examining your paintings on another level once more yeah once more tika you want to sign us off okay as always if you have any stories that you would like us to cover please email us at artdramalama at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon, and our handle is artdramalama for all of them. And lastly, thank you for joining us, and we hope we can continue looking beyond the galleries with y'all next time. Bye, llamas. Bye. Bye.